Welcome back to the Stephen Era Podcast, home for all things race, religion, and culture. Listen, you made it back. This is week two, show two, and we here again. Thanks for rolling with the brother and for coming back to the show. Let's dig right into it today. Listen, we are nearing the end of January. We just had Martha King Jr.'s birthday, and do you know what comes next? Black History Month. Yes, my children say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Amen. But listen, the people who were enslaved to and used to build America get a month out of the year for public recognition and appreciation-ish type stuff. It's not like the Veterans Day, per se, where different restaurants offer and give free meals, haircuts, car washes for being military veterans or for serving the country. You don't get those kind of things because you're black. It's just a month where we randomly throw out black names and give some black people a pat on the back and say, well done, black people. Our white friends may come out the closet with their dashikis and say, hey, we got black friends, right? So they get to be a part of the movement or the culture. Sean King may give other white people approval to use the N-word. You know, the NAACP may hire another white woman who feels like she's black to lead the movement. And maybe, just maybe, hey, George Soros will fund another Black Lives Matters movement because, you know, hey, more wickedness and strife in our community, the better, right? Those are all possibilities of the future. They definitely are accurate examples of our past narratives uh, during our Black History Month and time throughout the year. But let me tell you what we more than likely won't see. We won't see anyone else but Martin Luther King Jr. You know why? Because we need to be reminded that all the evil that has been done to us as black people, what we really need to do is remain passive and love our enemies. And look, black people, one of your own said it. So therefore, every year, every February, we're just going to continue the use of of the words of one of your own. That way we know that you understand to stay in your place because it's just not the Christian thing to do. We are not going to see reparations. We're not going to see a bill passed that offer us protection like, I don't know, the Asian people just had done a little while ago. I think it was called the Anti-Asian Hate Crime Bill. Uh, Very interesting, right? You know, not to nitpick or throw shade at the Asian community at all. I just thought that after 300 plus years, some high profile lynchings, a few cop killings, you know, a bunch of white abuse that we see every single day in the media. Karen's getting all out of pocket left and right. I thought we would have at least gotten something like in, I don't know, anti-black hate crime bill. But, you know, it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, so if you're not black, though, and, and you get a few pushes and a couple shoves or you get hit a few times and bam, there's something that has to be done about that. Right. If you are not black. But we will probably not see that again this year and going forward. So no other leading voices besides the approved Dr. King. I'm not doubting Dr. King at all, but I'm just saying how he's always the voice that's used to inform us black people that we need to stay in our place and love our enemies, the message that they love. So we know exactly why that is, right? We won't see reparations. We won't see legal protections like the Asians have achieved in only a short amount of years. Also, probably no black movies where we are self-sustaining people. 
Now, I say this one, but I'm also triggered a bit because I just watched over the last few days several movies. I saw Eternals. I saw Mother Android. I saw The Last Duel. I saw Swan Song and a few more. Now, there have been about two movies that I was really troubled by as a black man. And the first one was A Quiet Place 2. And I actually, and the other one was Mother Android, right? Now, A Quiet Place 2, I actually went to go to the theaters and I saw it with my wife. And Mother Android I actually saw as well uh, at home with my wife. And both movies, I was like, oh my, oh my, look at this. Check this out, right? Where do we even begin with these movies. So let me just get down to what kind of disgusted me about these two movies. First, A Quiet Place 2 showed me a few things. Uh, Number one is that white people are just continually superior. They're so resilient and somehow they have this innate ability to survive, to conquer, and to overcome any circumstance that's thrown at them. They are very strong uh, and it appears they always have been strong. It's like God genetically created out of dirt, mud, and dust, which none of those things are white. That's another episode. We'll get there in the future. But God just created these amazing, like non-fragile white people who are the standard for beauty and the standard for desire. And they somehow know how to do everything. Right. And no matter what happens to them, somehow they just come out on top every single time. Now, uh, what a narrative. Right. What an amazing narrative to have for people. Uh, Monsters are chasing them and, hey, there is this one white woman and she has her two children and they just can conquer and survive and just be so resilient throughout the end of the world scenario that they are presented with. And it's amazing. Really, it is. Um, And her son, oh, my gosh, he was so weak and he really should have died, you know, but I guess because he's white, you know, somewhere in that white gene, it just it just protected him. He had this omnibus protection to where it just didn't happen. And then the daughter, who was a little too independent, right? She out there all over the place. She should have died. But again, hey, something about that white gene that just protected both of these crazy kids and allowed them to thrive in the midst of a dying world and society and and dystopia. Uh, And, you know, the the mom herself and how she raised those kids, etc. That's just... That's just something else altogether. We won't even have time to get into, right? But above the superior and innate ability of the white people there in the movie, there was kind of like a hidden message for black people. Did did y'all catch it? There was a scene where the white people arrived at this settlement and a black guy was actually there leading the settlement. Right. He was there leading this settlement, this place. It was a black guy. I was like, whoa, all right, here we go. He's leading it, you know. And then the white people, as they tend to do, brought their issues with them. The settlement gets devastated and destroyed. And the black man in his pure, yes, boss, protect the white people, boss fashion, took it upon himself to lead, to guide, to protect and to carry these people to their destination and to their safety. Now, once he arrived there, he noticed that, hey, the white people were kind of together. You know, they had their family or a piece of it. And he realized 
that he started to feel a little guilty about abandoning his own family, right, for these white folks. And so do you know what happened next? The black man wanted to go and return to his family. How amazing is that, right? He wanted to go and get his family because that's what he desired. And because of that desire to go and get his family to be present for his children, to be what we are supposed to be, he died. He lost his life. So his purpose was to protect, to carry, and to secure a future for the white people that he guided there. And he had a choice. He could have stayed with the white people, right? And served them and helped them and and pushed them forward. And then he would have been able to live right and thrive in the midst of whatever that looked like or he could have gone back to his own family which is equal to death he could have gone to his family which was equal to death so there is a message there about devotion devotion to white people and their needs and desires and the message that being a black family is equated to death right to having a black family the desire alone is equatable to death, desiring to be like every other race. You know, Latinos take pride in having Latinos families. Asians take pride in marrying other Asians and having their families. You know, Indians do it, you know, but apparently if you are black, that very desire leads only to death and destruction. So the only place that we have where we can live and and somewhat thrive, even during chaos, is to be in servitude to the desires, protections, and propelling of white people into their destiny and their greatness. That's it. That's what A Quiet Place 2 has shown me. And we can go deeper, but we just don't have a lot of time in this episode, so we're not going to go there yet. Let's talk about Mother Android. Young black man gets a black... uh, Young black man gets a white woman, a young white woman, uh, pregnant. He gets her pregnant. And the white girl states early on in the movie that she doesn't even really want the black guy, let alone wants his baby. You know, oh, yeah. Now, we we heard the rumors that black men are good for sex. Right. I mean, we want to try it to see if the rumors are true. We we want to go and have a little bit of fun. We want to go get white girl wasted and have some fun. Right. But there's never an intention to to marry or or want this kid. Now, at least there wasn't. You know, there is one a little bit more so now because genetically there's a rumor going around that, hey, in order for the white race to survive, we have to kind of breed with these other people. That's one thing that's out there. But in general, no intention to marry, no intention to have children. We just want to have a little fun. We want to test the waters. Right. So. Now, in the movie, of course, the black guy isn't Tristan Thompson, right? He isn't Kanye West. If that was the case, I'm sure that she would change her tune and all of a sudden be flossing the baby. Look at the baby I got. Look at what's going on. It's in paycheck, right? It'd be a whole different situation. But no, the young white girl, I think her name was G for Georgia, I believe. You know, she literally took three pregnancy tests. Three, because there was no way she could have a black guy's baby. There's just no way. So I'm saying three different pregnancy tests here to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is something that's not possible. And the poor black guy, Sam, poor black guy, Sam. Look, when I, when I think about I think the name Sam even means even means that, you know, I think it says told by God. I think, it's, I think this name meaning for Sam. Somebody look it up. I don't know. But so this black man, young black man being told by God, that's his name, told by God, uh, you know, goals 
and and needs to now dedicate his life and his world to this young white woman who doesn't want him or his baby. Isn't that isn't that amazing, right? This this, this black man is in servitude and and giving his life and risking everything for this woman who states, "I don't want him. I'm not sure I even want him or the baby." So she tells one of her friends in confidence. So Sam goes the entire movie tripping over himself, trying to be the good guy, trying to be an honest man, and trying to protect uh, this woman who doesn't even want him. Of course, that's the narrative, right? Uh, we're at the end of the world scenario again. As time goes by, you know, and, and she does some things, right? Here we go. The same type of issue we have with the, with the last movie, where this white woman brings this calamity, brings these troubles into this new safe place and causes murder and chaos all through that place. So everybody ended up losing their life because of a mistake she made, right? White people, again, bringing their problems into situations of safety and causing just chaos and destruction. But here we are at the end of the world scenario. And as time goes by, she wants the protection all of a sudden. She wants the companionship. And now, oh, poor Sam, right? I literally just watched this black guy just throw himself away and lose his life again for this young white woman who didn't want him. Listen, at the start of the movie, she doesn't want this black guy and she doesn't want the baby. And and do you know how the movie ends? Can you take a wild guess if you haven't seen it yet? If you have, sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) Go and watch it now because I already told you what's going on. But look, the movie ends with the black guy dying. And what happens to the baby? She gives the baby away. Who's the baby go to? Korean family. Isn't that amazing, too? The uh, uh, anti-Korean hate bill or anti-Asian hate bill and, you know, with all that's going on in our cultures. And now all of a sudden black babies are getting shipped to Korea to be raised our mixed babies. You know, it's it's a mess. But guess who lives? Guess who is resilient? Guess who gets to have life and longevity and go out there and do whatever they want and do this thing all over again? You guessed it. The white woman. Right. So screw the black man. Screw the baby. I'm a white woman. Hear me roar. I'm on top of the world. I'm resilient. And I'm going to go out there and conquer everything. It's sickening. It really almost threw up. And this is why I can't really watch a lot of movies because I like to watch uh, now crime dramas and documentaries because this stuff at least is real. You know, give me something that happened. Oh, this lady killed her husband for this reason. Or, you know, here's a murder took place. It's, it's real at least. You know, the narrative that we're constantly fed and shoved down our throats through these movies is just it's just sickening and it's hard to handle. And look, I stand for traditional marriage. I stand for black love and I stand for the empowerment of black people, period, period. Now, I know that white people will take offense to this whole podcast and especially to what I just said. And I also know some black people that's going to do the same exact thing, because sadly, some black people are perfect for these two movies that we just named and for other roles that will be coming up in the future because they are in the house. Right. And y'all know exactly what I mean by saying they are in the house. And that's really why we we love King so much as a society, because unlike Malcolm, King built his movement around people of color. Right. And you know what happens when we all become people of color. Right. That means the black voice is consumed. It becomes powerless. It becomes nothing. You know, it reminds me of a little little Indian girl or Indian lady. Sorry, who I went to seminary with and, and who always wanted to fight. 
you know, but she had no identity of her own. So you think she had anything to say about Indian issues, about things that were happening in the country that she was from? Nothing. I never heard one thing said about that. Instead, she found black issues. And you know what she did? She then decided that she had been empowered because she was a person of color. So now she can co-sign and she can speak on black issues. You know, somebody hair got messed up. Well, you know, as a person of color, you know, I too got my hair messed up and now I can speak about how I feel and how I think and what I think needs to happen. One of the worst things to ever happen to black people, the term people of color, because, you know, the goal, I guess, was to get some more support. But all actuality, you just gave away your voice. You gave away the black voice so that others can join in and, and, and commoditize that now and take over that now. One of the worst things that ever happened. Now, I'm a black man. And I'm proud. I'm, I'm super proud to be a black man, right? So you can keep your color terminology wherever you want, but don't bring it here because it doesn't sell over here on this side. But let me say one more thing because we're running out of time. It's the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to end the episode. If I were to have a superpower, and let's go with the Eternals, right? I just watched the Eternals as well during this movie binging weekend that I have. And there's there's a guy on there that I saw that I would actually be, right? Which one of these heroes would you actually be? And the guy name was, I think it was Druig. Druig? That's how you say his name. Not the, not the gay black guy who created weapons, which is interesting out of all the characters in, in the actual movie. The, the the black guy was the one who was just gay and just settled down and had him a dude and everything. Interesting they would pick that guy. The guy who builds weapons and does all these things is the gay person. Whatever. Another podcast, another time. I'll be Druid. The weird looking white guy. Why? Because he controlled minds. He controlled minds. Why would I want that power? Because I would take over all the minds of every black person on the planet Earth and I would unify our people. We would be of the same mind. We would be of the same body. And then Injustice would end. It'd be no question, right? No more NFL, no more NBA, no more bees and holes and murder in the music industry to our own people and own society, you know, which is also to help those those uh, prisons out. But again, another podcast, another time. We will return to our original place, not as slaves, as the narrative continues to tell you, but as kings and queens. And we will return to the motherland and relearn and rebuild the culture and thrive there while everyone else struggled to figure things out all the way across the world. Black Panther was one of the most powerful movies we have had in a long time. And, and there's a reason why Chadwick had to die. But, you know, we had a glimpse of who we are supposed to be. They threw it right there in our face. And yet here we are. Black History Month is next month. Black people will still be killed by random gangs with police badges. They will still be, uh, you know, killed by random citizens when we out jogging or walking in neighborhoods where they feel we don't belong. Still going to be harassed by white women who want to feel empowered. And we still going to dance the jig, you know, go eat some chicken, listen to the dream speech and be told to love our enemies. While we also pause during the month and celebrate Valentine's Day or President's Day or Groundhog's Day or Canadian Heritage Day. Or, hey, don't forget about Mardi Gras. And, of course, 
the Super Bowl. Because, you know, fighting injustice is just not as important as our two teams that are going head to head, you know? And after we are entertained by some of the best derogatory artists to ever have done it for our people, you know, along with a few satanic rituals that we must see at halftime, you know, then we might be able to be persuaded about the importance of taking a knee, uh, Kaepernick, who has power in the NFL. Forget people who are owners saying things like, hey, like the prisoners are overthrowing the um whatever it is he said are 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 the slaves are overthrowing the plantation. I forgot exactly how the guy put it, but y'all know what I'm saying. This is the mentality of people who own the NFL. And yet we still go and we play football, don't we? How many white players do you think is in the NFL and NBA? And if you if if all black players stopped playing, what do you think would happen? And that's the sad scenario that we have in our entire society as black people. We can never get to the point where we unify on anything. Don't buy gas. Don't buy biscuits. Don't buy chicken. I don't know, you know. Don't buy Nikes. There's nothing that we can unify around, maybe except for listening to hip-hop. That's what we become. But who am I, right? Just wasted all this oxygen on this podcast that no one gonna feel anyway. But anyway, hey, enjoy Black History Month, Black people, and people who aren't Black that feel like they Black. Y'all be here again. We'll see y'all. We'll all be out there celebrating. We'll listen to the speech again and wonder what our next move is going to be, right? So, hey, enjoy the month. This is Stefan signing off. I'll see y'all next week. Peace, love, and grace. We out.